You are listening to the Snowcross Podcast, presented by Amsoil. Anyone else get really giddy this week with the first big snowfall in the upper Midwest? If so, you're in the right place. If not, and you're one of those people that just wants the snow to hang on for a few more weeks, you're also in the right place. Because if it's snow and unseasonably late starts that you fancy, then you'll like the 2021 Amsoil Championship Snowcross schedule, which we are breaking down tonight here on the Snowcross Podcast presented by Amsoil. We're your hosts, Haley Shanley and Matt Skubik, and we found some guy to have on the podcast with us today, some guy with a camera. We just picked him up. He, who I found out to be one of the least busy people I've ever met. He only produces Sledhead 24-7. He's a videographer and content creator, camera whiz for championship off-road, snowcross, and about a million and one other projects. Only a million and one other projects. Brody Bass, a.k.a. The Cub. Cubby, what's cooking? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, pumped that you guys uh, asked me to come on, and I'm excited to talk snow. Now that Fall Crandon is behind us, what's keeping you busy? What are you working on? Well, we uh, I just got done with Off-Road. Helped uh, produce a lot of social, a lot of videos, um, recap videos. Uh, it's, it was a really wild season, and now we're switching over to snow. So I just got done filming all the re- filming and producing some other uh, uh, videos for Snowcross. Help with the recaps, um, uh, videos, but also we are uh, uh, just got done with the uh, schedules. So I did that, and now we're uh, just getting ready for a whole new season of Sledhead twenty four seven. And uh, let's go racing. Little Bird told me the format for Sledhead 24-7 is changing this year. What's that about? What's in store? Can you give us a little teaser? Yeah, so Sledhead this year is going to be a more of a documentary-style show. Um, we're going to be following some a handful of racers. Um, I'm going to have a handful of uh, also filmers um, with me, and we're just going to follow every day what happens in a day of life of a racer from when they leave the leaf from their their shop all the way to the racetrack um all the all the drama all the 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 hard work they put into it practicing prepping their sleds everything you're going to get a taste of what really happens to a racer and how much hard work goes into um getting the top podium nice no as lives (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> there's gonna be plenty of those there's gonna be plenty of as lives so <laughs> make sure you get those <laughs> where's your as lives yeah no the producer uh for a lot of um the tv truck that helps out with um the live stream joe harowitz he uh always is on on me for getting those as lives it's like i have a handful of, i already got a, a page full of things i already have to do and now we uh He's always giving me a hard time of making sure I get like 12 or 15 as-lives, and it's a, it's a running joke. <laughs> you can never have enough as-lives. <laughs> no, no. If they, you need enough. You need, you need a lot of those. Those are for sure. <laughs> well, Matt, I know things have been super crazy for you. Of course, working on the off-road side, that's wrapped up. But even before that wrapped up, I know you and the team in Albertville, you guys have been busy putting this schedule together. So how wild has that been, trying to put this together amidst a pandemic? Yeah, like you said, it's been it's been honestly pretty crazy. Um, you know, with everything going on with the whole coronavirus. And it just seems like we can never catch a break with it. It's 
everybody at the beginning thought, oh, just a couple weeks, and then it turned into a couple months. And now, you know, people are saying it could be the end of 2021 until things are back to normal with a vaccine and whatever. But at the end of the day, we're fortunate enough to have some great partners and we're going to be able to pull off a full season of racing. It's going to be a wild one. We have the same number of races, 17 rounds, eight weekends, but the timeline's a bit shorter, creating more of a demanding schedule for everyone involved. But we get to go to new venues. We go back to ones we haven't been to in almost a decade. And it's a really diverse schedule, and I'm into it. Yeah, it's going to be, even for like the whole ISOC crew, the racers, the mechanics, everybody, it's going to be, it's going to be a burn, but you know, we're going to grind through it and hopefully be able to pull off eight very solid events that, you know, people, especially fans have been waiting for. Obviously we're starting in January, so not going to be able to kick off in Duluth Thanksgiving weekend, but I think this schedule is going to be great for everybody involved. Well, Matt, you're kind of the the history whiz of the sport. Have we ever, in the history of snowcross racing, have we ever started this late? I don't think we have. No, honestly, we haven't. It's been Duluth for the past 26 years, kicking off Thanksgiving weekend. So this this year's going to be different, but I think it's going to play a big role for a lot of these racers, being able to get more practice time, being able to, you know, just spend more time over here for these foreigners, get more acclimated whatever you want to say so actually i think i think it's going to be a good year i think we're going to see a lot of different winners and you know at these new venues you never know what's going to happen exactly anytime we go to a new track it presents a series of challenges for all the teams and you go to a track like erx where we haven't been in almost a decade so there's a number of racers who have not raced ERX. Of course, they've had their own races, the ERX Eliminator, they have Grassroots Snowcross, um, but, and they change up the track every year, and they tend to even do that throughout the season too. So it's a track that a lot of riders are going to be familiar with on the practice side, but to have a national back here, this one's going to be, I'm really pumped for this one. But uh, also starting after New Year's, I think it's a good thing. You know, us, all the teams and the fans, get we get to get through the holidays first and then dive into this full bore that's exciting but not only that we look at the practice tracks for these athletes typically on the average here not every practice track has a full track before Duluth right the conditions got to be right for snowmaking um, sometimes a little natural snow plays into that but they're these athletes are going to get more time to practice more time as they come over from Europe to get acclimated here again in the States and just more time on the snowmobile before season starts. So that ain't a bad thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of racers, fans, and even sponsors, they're all excited. I mean, there's a lot of events going on that are unfortunately being canceled and we're going to be able to pull these off. And, you know, talking about weather, like you said, with snow, there's no worries about, having a race in November, now having a race in December. Usually January is very cold, so there should be absolutely zero worries of pulling off the first event. I mean, it's pretty crazy. It's October 20th, and in Minneapolis today, we've got around five, six inches of snow, and it's not even close to Thanksgiving weekend typically. So, yeah, it's it's going to be an awesome winter. I'm so jealous of you guys, and this isn't even like the first snow you've had in the last few weeks. <laughs> Send some south to Indiana. Been like snowing for three days. Granted, nothing has stayed, but today I had to shovel twice. So, <laughs> yeah, the old girlfriend's kind of making me shovel. So, trying to trying to groom her into shoveling, but she's not uh, she's not a fan of that. 
someone's got to stay in and make sure the dogs are okay. You know, it's a it's a demanding the job. The cat. Oh yeah, new member, new member of the family. Cheddar Bob is his name. Love it, love it. Let's let's get this kicked off. Let's talk about the season schedule. Obviously, like I said, we're kicking it off at ERX, and it's going to be uh, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. Just just like Duluth was, we're going to have the Amsoil Dominator on Friday night, which it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a brand new format this year, guys. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you, but get pumped because it's going to be different. It's going to be better than ever. Don't do that to us. I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway, just because we're kicking off the Snowcross podcast again. So that's the spirit. Uh, how it's actually going to work is we kind of took this idea from off-road racing. So in off-road, they call them cup races. So the Pro 2 trucks will race against Pro 4 trucks, and the winner of the race takes home a big check. And this winner, what we're going to do is we're going to have qualifying races for Pro Light, and we're going to have qualifying races for the Pro Class. And, you know, the final details haven't been ironed out yet, but let's just say there's 10 Pro Lights and 10 Pro Racers. The 10 Pro Light Racers will start in the front row, and the 10 Pro Racers will start in the back row. And whoever takes and ends up winning crossing the finish line first is going to be the Amsoil Dominator champ and take home $10,000. Yes. And this isn't the first time we have seen pro racing out. It wasn't an ISOC sanctioned event, but back when ERX had the Eliminator, I think the last one was 2018, it was double elimination format. We actually had, if I remember correctly, Hunter Patnode was top three. So like we've seen at ERX, these pros go up against the pro lights and it's a, it gets, it's pretty good. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a good weekend. That's for sure. And I'm sure we have some people who are curious too. Do you guys know, is the snow, is the snow cross race, is it going to be held on the snow cross track or will they at all be utilizing any of the other 400 acres that is the ERX motor park facility, such as the off-road track? At uh, this time, that's kind of undisclosed, so we'll just leave it at that for now. Fair enough. And the fact that we get to race at ERX in Elk River, this is a right move for a number of reasons, in my opinion, and it's it badass that we get to do it to kick off the season. ERX, they, of course one of the primary practice tracks out there and any of the practice tracks they are used to putting together a national caliber practice course for these riders so you know the track's going to be phenomenal erx it's the prime location it's so fan friendly when we were there back in 2012 they packed the house it's just just a phenomenal place and whether it's off-road or hair scramble or concerts whatever like anything that goes on at erx is top tier so i uh, i'm a little biased there i've been going there for a very long time but it's in my opinion this is a very good move and on to rounds three and four we're heading back down to dubuque iowa to the dubuque county fairgrounds and this was one of the more popular tracks on the tour last year and it, it provides some great racing in the past we had seen a ski hill track now we go to this dirt track course where and it's a really big dirt track i don't know if it's necessarily half mile but anyway there's plenty of snow cross course to be had within it and it's a natural amphitheater really great for fans so i'm pumped to be back here 
in these Iowa fans, man, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a late model, a modified sprint car, NASCAR, whatever. These Iowa fans, they love their racing and they're going to come out and have a good time. And I love it. I, I absolutely enjoy the energy at this one. Yeah. And they don't care if it's cold. They're outside hanging out by the fires, drinking their hot chocolate, drinking their booze, whatever it is. They're there to have a good time. And fortunately, our series puts on a great show and these racers. So it's, it's a good mix between Snowcross and Iowa. Yeah, for, for, for Iowa, it's it's really it's it's surprising how many snowmobilers are in that area or how many people really enjoy snowmobiles. Like, you know, it's a it, snowmobiles is Midwest thing, but, you know, Iowa gets some snow, but it's really surprising how many people really show up for that race. In the Tyson's family, Tyson's Home Farm and Auto, of course, they're the title sponsor of the event. They bleed snowmobiles. They absolutely love snowmobile racing, recreational riding. They are all about it. So it's really cool to have a sponsor behind it who is also so passionate about the sport. So we're very lucky that they've come on board once again for 2021. Then uh, back to historic Deadwood. I'm glad to see this one back on the schedule. And it actually looks like it's around the same weekend as it has been in past years. And they always pack the house in Deadwood. Yeah, that's the start of the Dakota swing, I like to call it. So, um, yeah, we kick it off in Deadwood, you know, the bull ring track. And which we, you never know what's going to happen there. It's 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 really a crapshoot. It's, it's kind of like gambling, like that whole town's all about, which is unfortunately why it's my favorite race i'm uh i like to gamble so <laughs> deadwood's pretty fun for me but aside from aside from that it's my favorite event of the year no that's a fun track that's uh i like how it's small it's it's tight racing and it's it it's just an all-around good time at deadwood it is it's it's very tight racing you have these hairpin turns it, the the style of the track, it forces you to be really aggressive and get out there out front and clean air as soon as you can because uh, it's it can get difficult on that track if you get buried. But it's uh, it's always a good time. I'd, historically, Logan Christian's been pretty strong there last year. Elias Ischel, our champion, he won. And Dan Benham got his first win for Ski-Doo. Some interesting tidbits heading back into that one. Cubby, you always make a stop in Deadwood. I feel like on your way out west to do more filming. Are you making a westward trip again this year with Deadwood on the way? You know, now that you say it, I've been thinking about it. And hopefully if I can make a, you know, a you know, we'll make a stop there for sure. And uh, I know if I have some time on my hands, I'm going to head west. If the snow is good, you'll see me in the mountains. Nice. And to close out the Dakota swing, we're on to Fargo, but a new location, uh, Red River Valley Speedway. What do you guys know about that track? Uh, it's actually going to be pretty cool. It's it's actually located more more in Fargo than typically when we were in Glendon. Like this is actually in Fargo the west side of Fargo. So I think it's going to be a great opportunity to draw fans from the uh, the university there. And I think it's going to be a good crowd and it's going to be an awesome track. So I think it's going to be a, a win-win for us moving to that part of Fargo. Yeah, and Red River Valley is actually a half-mile speedway. So that's going to give ISOC plenty of ground to work with. So if the snow conditions are right, I think we could expect to see a pretty big course. Then we have a haul, but a couple weekends off to do it. Um, looks like two 
two weeks off before we head to New York. Seneca Allegheny proved to be a very, very popular spot on the tour, another track where they fill the house and they're energetic. And we've gotten really lucky the last few years with good weather there. So do you guys know, is the track going to be on the same side that it has been the last couple of years? Or are they going to change it up to the other side of the building again? No, it's going to be at the same uh, the same part of the resort as it's been the last couple of years, uh, the parking lot side. And, you know, I think that just kind of works better for everybody involved. Um, you know, a lot of fans get to be, hang out on the hill there and it, the teams get to park on pavement. And unfortunately, the track's a little smaller, but it makes for some great racing. No, I, this is my first time and I will, uh, well, this will be my first time in New York. Um, I'm usually out west or um, or doing some Midwest riding or doing some kind of segment with De- De- or, uh, with uh, Jeff Fisher. So this is my first year in New York, and I'm really looking forward to it. So you guys will have to show me the ropes and um, show me a good time. <laughs> they have the best calamari there. The best. I'll be following you around, Scoop. Calamari. <laughs> I'm a big fan. It is the best at the casino there. <laughs> well, I know I'll be sitting by you. <laughs> Perfect. And... Shakopee, much later this year. This is one of the big change-ups. March 5th and 6th, we're going to be at Canterbury Park. Why Why is this one so much later in the year? Do you guys know? Yeah, actually, it's because, uh, I'm just going to be honest with you, it's the whole COVID thing. You know, as of right now, they're limited to an only a certain amount of uh, people inside the building. And that is that runs out sometimes in sometime in January or whatever the exact date is. I unfortunately don't know off the top of my head anymore. But um, so we're hoping, you know, by January, hopefully something's starting to loosen up and uh, we can have more fans in the building and everything will work out. So that was the reason for pushing it further back in the schedule, um, further back in 2021, um, was that so we can hopefully move on from COVID a little bit and be able to have a full Uh, full crowd there like we do in normal years awesome we get lucky enough i know in years past when we've been in january even when it's been really cold we get so many fans that brave the cold and sit outside there's plenty of outdoor seating so worst case scenario this one could be really good this time of year if the weather's right um and you know heaven forbid we have to like not allow people to sit inside where it's so cozy um one of the most cush setups we have uh i think it could still definitely work so that's one I look forward to every year, the Daytona of Snowcross, that's for sure. For sure. Oh, I'm hoping. For sure. I'm just hoping it's uh, a little nicer weather, knowing that that's like our, you know, Shakopee's usually the first weekend in January, and having it pushed back, I hope it's a, a little nicer because it's always brutal at Shakopee. But <laughs> I always look forward to that race. There's good racing, and for uh, for filming-wise, it's the best. So it's uh, my favorite, one of my favorite races of the year. It's always been epic. That is where two years ago, Adam Renheim had his first win. Was it his first win in the States? Yep, correct. I, I couldn't believe it first. I, like when he said that in the interview, I was thinking it was like his first win at Shakopee. I couldn't believe it, but that was epic. And then he threw the Superman down, a photo that lives on and is consistently reshared. So Canterbury always provides for some epic moments. A little short story about uh, 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 Renheim. Uh, a few years ago, me and uh, my buddy Nick Johnson, uh, we're filming out of that first corner after the finish line, first corner, and um, and it's always a, a rush when the pros come out and they come off the you know elevated start and they come up 
right at the right first out of the gate and they come off the finish line and uh coming at you and it's like an epic shot when you have 15 snowmobiles flying through the air and um at the time they were jumping and there was some snow dust that they you could see them flying through and uh i'm standing on the corner and it's a it's a it's a sketchy shot because if anybody gets wild they're gonna it's they're gunning for you and uh, Adam Renheim's coming through, and all I remember is looking through the finder or the viewfinder, and I'm kind of watching where they're coming from back and forth, like looking through the viewfinder, looking up, and all of a sudden I look and I see Adam Renheim sideways, and he's coming for me. Like I can see, like if he's not, if he corrects himself, <laughs> what do I do? Do I move or do I stay still? Is he gonna, you know, what's he gonna do? Well, he ended up all me and my buddy Nick freaking boogie out of the way, and he ended up taking the whole corner out. And oh. it was, like, the most heart-pumping, like, rush I've had in a long time on the snowcross track. And I will never forget the look. I could see Adam Renheim's eyes, like, how big they were. Like, dude, I don't know what you're going to do, but you got to hurry up and figure it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got to risk it for the biscuit, though. You got to do it for the shot. Oh, that shot lived on forever. I think I used that a few times. That was an <laughs> epic shot. Now, what's the skinny on the land rush start? Are we back to that, or is that just pending snow conditions? Yeah, honestly, that all depends on how much snow we have. Um, if there's a lot of snow, or we would love to be able to do an elevated start again. You know, it seems like the fans like it. I don't know if the racers love it, but uh, there's a couple guys who actually are super good at it, and they obviously do really enjoy it any advantage you can get especially on the start they'll take um but it's honestly all dependent on snow if we have a ton of snow we'll for sure do it again but if it's just an average year or whatever unfortunately there will not be an elevated start i can see why it's something that some riders don't like obviously it's not something we see on any other rounds of the tour i don't believe unless they're going to throw some uh some curveballs at us this year with the track builds so i can see why some might not like it but from a fan perspective something different that uh i know we enjoy that on the fan side for sure for sure yeah. now scoob is that how all the is that how all the tracks are built is it all depend on how much snow or do you have an idea coming into it or do you guys plan it out like how do you guys all plan out the tracks how's that work honestly I, I mean you like to have some sort of idea on what you'd like to do um for a lot of our events we we have been there for many years now and have a a reputation to build per se um so you kind of know what you're getting into when you get there but it's all dependent on snow so things can change of a blink in a blink of an eye i mean there's some races where it's like holy cow how did you guys pull that event off well it's we actually didn't start pushing snow until Wednesday night or Thursday morning and the race is Friday. Granted, we'd love to start pushing snow on Sunday or Monday when the tracks are, are bigger, you know, but sometimes, uh, sometimes you can't. And so you like to have a plan, but at the end of the day, sometimes the, the plan doesn't work out at all. So how much of this falls on the tracks? Like you said, ISOX obviously go in there a week plus in advance, but at a place like Lake Geneva or Grand Rapids where it's a ski hill, they've got the groomers, they've got the snow guns, some expertise. And maybe ERX is a better example. They ha have all of that and they build race courses, they build snow cross tracks and they change it up throughout the season. So how much does ISOC lean on that manpower and expertise? Honestly, even at Geneva and Grand Rapids where there is a ski hill, um, it's still kind of all in our hands. You know, they, they provide the snow. The snow is obviously there for uh, the skiers. But, you know, when we get there, we kind of uh, 
we kind of tear it all up. We, we do our own thing and like, realistically, they don't touch the track at all. Um, like Lake Geneva, granted, if we were to ask Lake Geneva or Michigan, if we needed their help, of course they would say yes, because they're great partners, but they honestly just let us do our own thing. And as soon as we get there, we just start pushing snow and building these tracks. That's cool. And speaking of Lake Geneva, that's where we're heading next after this one. Why is this one not the finale? I think that's kind of the burning question a lot of people have, yet it's still a three-day marquee event on the season. Lake Geneva always is. But what do you know about that? Yeah, so, I mean, everybody everybody wants uh, Lake Geneva to be the finale. That's That's kind of synonymous, and that's pretty famous for being the grand finale of our series. But unfortunately this year with everything going on, it just, it wasn't in the cards. Um, they're obviously a great partner to us and we, we want to keep having events there and we want to have a grand finale there. And hopefully next year we can, but this year we could not because obviously our schedule is tight. Um, you know, with the two on one off and unfortunately they, they have other events planned. So that weekend of, the Grand Rapids race, um, Grand Geneva has an event that weekend. So unfortunately we couldn't come in there. And the only weekend we could have was the 19th through the 21st. Um, so that kind of left us kind of left us with the decision of, okay, well, we're going to put Lake Geneva here and then Michigan will be our finale. And, um, you know, next year, who knows what might happen, but, uh, for this year, Michigan will be our finale. In this one, there was so much left unsaid, unsaid for Grand Rapids this year in 2020. Obviously, we showed up. We were all set up. We might have ran some practice rounds or uh, amateur heat races, but we did not see any finals before the event got canned because of COVID. We had to pack up and go home. And that one, I know so many people were looking forward to it. I myself was in the track. I've heard nothing but good things about it. So I think to have Grand Rapids serve as the finale this year and fill in that slot, I think this is still going to be extremely highly anticipated. And I just know everyone's looking forward to getting back there. Yeah, the fans were pumped for it. The The series was pumped for it. The racers loved the track. I mean, it was it was shaping up to be an awesome weekend. And, and like you said, uh, we didn't get to do really any racing. Actually, sport was on. Uh, the sport class was on the starting line uh, when we got the got the phone call that we had to shut it down. But um, hopefully, that doesn't happen this year. And um, going to do everything the same. Honestly, you know, the racers loved the track who were on it, and the racers who didn't get to go on it, they they thought very highly of it, and it was shaping up to be something super awesome. And I'm very excited to go back there this year and get a good good year of racing under our belts there. Oh yeah, dude, that was uh, when we rolled up to that track. It was uh, it it was awesome. People were loving it, and I re- I think it was Kyle Pauline. Um, I think he came up and right at when they got canceled, he's like, "Can I just take one lap? Just one lap on that track?" Because the pros weren't able to get on it, and he was begging to get on that track. Just do one lap because people were just that jacked about it. Yeah, it was cool. It was for sure cool. It was big too, so it was uh it was shaping up pretty awesome. And like I said, we're gonna do the same thing hopefully and um they're also honestly great people over there at the at the ski hill and we're very fortunate to have not only them but great partners all the way around the whole series and 
um, yeah, we're we're very excited for the Amsoil Snowcross National. Just think about how much we have all learned since March, and not just us at Snowcross, but Grand Landscape, the world, how much everyone's learned since March. And I know this, you guys know this, but to those listening in, the three of us got to work on the championship off-road tour, and which is, of course, owned by ISOC. And we learned so much, and we were able to put together a full schedule. It wasn't without some hiccups, but ISOC was able to compensate, put together the full tour, and we figured out, you know, how do we put on events and do it safely for everyone involved. So it was a we gained a wealth of knowledge, and I have a huge vote of confidence in ISOC and all of these venues and a full schedule would not be released if there was not confidence in each and every one of these venues and the series itself to do things right and do things safely. So I feel good about this. You know, for any, any racer or fan or crew member or anyone listening, like we are for sure. Your safety is number one. And if we weren't confident, like you said, Haley, we wouldn't have put this schedule out and, Realistically, things are going to be different, um, but we are going to pull these events off and we are going to have a great season. So just be ready. Be ready. This is a big one. Does initial three P three in a row? You know, Matt, towards the end of last season, everyone, almost everyone who we had here on the podcast said Ishil is the guy to beat. And I think there's good reason behind that. But in 2020, he was not uncontested. In, in our top points, too, we had Benham, Lemieux, Palaya, Norum. And also remember, we had an expansive injury list last year across the board, across a number of classes, and in the pros, some heavy hitters there. So, you know, Ishil, I think he's still going to be a guy to beat, but I don't think he's going to be uncontested. So in 2021, anything can happen. Uh, yeah, it's going to be t- tough to I catch have, him, I think. I, I have some bets out there on some race, racers, so we'll uh, we'll see what <laughs> happens, I guess, right? <laughs> No doubt, no doubt. Well, there was lots of lots of honors that we didn't get to issue this year, just of course, with the obvious cancellation of Lake Geneva, therefore no banquet. Um, but I just want to take a second to just run through our list of champions. You know, our pro winner, Elias Ischel, we had a chance to speak with him last spring on this podcast. So circle back, listen to that one. For pro light, Francis Pelletier, pro women, Megan Broder, snowbike, Jesse Kirchmeyer, sport, Jordan LaBelle, pro M plus 30, Zach Patton, amateur snowbike, Taven Woody, sport light, racer Frank, junior 10 to 13, Tanner Johnson, Junior 14, 15, and Junior 15, 16, Emmerich Perrin. Junior Girls 9 to 13, Naley LaBelle. Transition 8 to 10, Carter Myron. Transition 9 to 13, Tanner Johnson. 120 champ, Avery Hemmer. In stock 200, Riley Johnson. Congrats to all of our champions and to all of you teams. Trust us, we are just as disappointed that we had our banquet taken away from us this year due to the pandemic. So we're really bummed that we didn't get to celebrate and look back on the season, give credit where it's due. So we're really looking forward to having that back into the 2021 schedule for the season finale. And, uh, but you know, just hats off to all of our champions. Well, we have some awards to give out. We already gave out one award this year, our fan favorite, who we also had on this podcast a few months ago. So again, circle back, listen to that interview with Kyle Pauline. Matt, who else you got for award winners? Well, let's start with this one. You know, he's uh, 
He's a super good kid. He's super energetic. He actually started a cool thing at the beginning of this pandemic. Um, his name is Jacob Yerk. And uh, this year we awarded him with the Rookie of the Year Award. He was very fast at the beginning of the year, especially, you know, moving up to the pro ranks. And uh, he did suffer an injury uh, early on in the season, but that doesn't take away his success in the beginning of the year. Um, so we felt give credit where it was due. And, you know, Jacob Yerk is the 2020 Rookie of the Year. I was pumped to see Zanstrom Motorsports pick up Jacob Yerk for his rookie year in the pro class. The kid has such good character. He's he's such a talented rider, and it, it was really great to see him find success so early on his rookie year. And that back injury he sustained in one of the corners at Deadwood last year, that was devastating. He was out a few rounds, not as long as, honestly, I expected him to be out. He was out practicing not too terribly long after healing up and he was in fact ready to make a comeback at what would have been his home national in Grand Rapids so that was a tough break for him but I know a lot of people are pulling for Jacob to come back this year in 2021 and pick back up where he left off with that speed and our next award winner comes to us from Pro-Am Women for Most Improved Racer Tasha Lang I caught up with her earlier today check this out yeah thank you this Season was by far my best season. Everything was just coming together and clicking for me. I had more national podiums than I've had in my entire career. And the off-season in snowcross is just as important as it is for the in-season. Going to the gym every day and mountain biking all summer. And as soon as that snow starts to fall, transitioning to ERX and practicing weekly, getting ready for the races. And I would not be this far in my racing career if it wasn't for everyone that has my back. FXR, Up North Sports, 139 Designs. They've been there since I was eight years old. And this season, adding FVP and Splash products meant so much to my program and to me, just boosting what we can do and our confidence. And this award means so much for, to me as being a privateer and racing for my team. I just can't say thank you enough and I can't wait to show you guys what I have in store for 2021. She was super consistent this last year. She had, she had a few podiums in there as well as the year before, but this last year, like she said, definitely her best year yet. And I just love catching up with her. I love seeing her do well. She comes from such a good family, a family that's been around in snowmobile racing for so many years. So uh, just just really good people. So it's, it's stellar to see her have such a great year and looking forward to 2021 for her. Team of the year. This one's a really tough decision. Um, there's a lot of great teams out there. A lot of these teams are, um, they put a lot of work into what they do and they support Snowcross, but I'm going to say it's Team LaValley. Um, they, you know, when I, when walking into the trailer, they're, there's a lot of high energy in there. They, um, you know, Kyle Pauline, I thought I smiled a lot. No kidding. Not just Senor Smiley himself, but it seems like the entire Team LaValley team, that's like a prerequisite to be part of that program to just have a larger than life personality and, and big smiles. So it's such a pleasure working with them. And I know they're one of the fan favorites as well. But hats off to Team LaValley for Team of the Year 2020. And wrapping out our specialty awards from last season, uh, it's Mechanic of the Year. Uh, this guy, he's been around the block. Um, he's definitely put his years in within the industry in all, in all sorts of roles. Um, now he finds himself working, working with Tim Bender over at Hench's Racing, and he's the mechanic for number 40, Oscar Norum, who is 
probably one of the one of the favorites for this year. A guy who probably can run with Elias Hischel, and his mechanic's name is Levi Andrewd. So, Levi, congrats! You are the 2020 Mechanic of the Year. Again, a big congrats to all of our award winners and champions. We are heartbroken we couldn't celebrate with you in person at the 2020 season end banquet. But I know there's lots of fuel in the fire all across the board from everyone to make 2021 the biggest and baddest season yet. So thank you to everyone for just bearing with us. We know you guys are doing all you can to just get through this year as is much of the world right now. So we appreciate you. I am fired up for 2021. And as far as the Snowcross podcast presented by Amsoil goes, we are getting things back rolling. I expect this is going to be a bi-weekly deal Thursday nights, 6 p.m. Central. So stay tuned. We'll chat with you next time. You are listening to the Snowcross podcast presented by Amsoil.